Hello, everyone, and welcome to Moving Right Along, a Muppet movie podcast brought to you by ToughPigs.com. This is the podcast where we watch The Muppets Take Manhattan two minutes at a time and talk about it a lot. I'm your host, Ryan Rowe. I'm your other host, Anthony Strand. And this week, we're very happy to have a return guest with us. Guest, please introduce yourself. It's me, Julia Gaskill, Tough Pigs writer extraordinaire. Hello. Hi. <laughs> it's you. See, that's good. That's the kind of uh, self-introduction we, we hope people will give themselves. Like, yeah, writer extraordinaire. That's good. Yeah. That's you great. know, yeah. you, you got to talk yourself up. Yeah. List great. your credentials, I guess. Tell people <laughs> why I'm on this podcast. Absolutely. So I You're a, know a, very, a thing or two about Muppets. Exactly. A very knowledgeable <laughs> Uh, and intelligent Muppet fan. So, <laughs> yes. Uh, and this week, uh, you are here to talk to us about uh, minutes 91 and 92 of The Muppets Take Manhattan, in which all the Muppets are very excited that Kermit and Piggy got married and the credits begin to roll. Uh, but before we actually pick up with uh, the clip, we were just talking about the fact that a lot of this two minute clip is, in fact, credits. It's just the very tail end of the wedding and the movie. So, Julia, before we get started, do you have any like general thoughts about the wedding sequence before this or the Manhattan Melodies sequence? Oh, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's I I love Muppets Take Manhattan. I I actually rewatched it a couple months ago in preparation for doing this podcast because I realized it had been a few years, and then I got to the cliff and I was like, oh, it's literally just the the tail end. Um, <laughs> but you know the. The wedding sequence has always been, like, very interesting, like, how the whole movie is building up, like, this big, giant show, but then the the show becomes kind of just the world of the movie, and it introduces, like, the priest marrying Piggy and Kermit, which has always been an interesting plot point introduced at the end of this film. It feels a little shoehorned in, but also, it's a Muppet movie, and so it's just kind of wacky and kind of out there. Yeah. Um, I love Piggy's dress. I was reminded in watching this clip a couple times that it's very good. Her under eye makeup is very heavy handed. And I say that as someone that wears a lot of eye makeup, it's very like she's got smoky eye under her eyes, which (laughs) it's maybe it was like the look of the 80s. It's hard to say. I wasn't in the 80s, but (laughs) that was just something that I I noted. Now, I have I did not notice Piggy's makeup and I don't think we like. Does Piggy is it is it typical for her to wear makeup at all? Not that I've like. I mean, it's probably very like subtle and just like kind of worked in because she's built as a very feminine character, right? But for yeah, you know, obviously there's there's the makeup scene in this movie yeah. uh, earlier with her and Joan Rivers, which is perhaps one of my favorite scenes in all the Muppet movies. Um, yes. Yeah, I I don't normally like think about Piggy's makeup, but I did notice in watching like I think the the 40 seconds that she's on screen before we get the credits that there's, there's a lot of just under eye going on. Yeah. So I guess when we talk about Piggy's eye makeup, really what we're just talking about is that they, they made new eyes for her. Yeah. Which, potentially. Yeah. Or I don't know. Maybe, actually I'm looking at it right now. They may have sort of painted a little bit or drawn that on with something, but yeah, you, you're yeah. right. And I had never noticed that before, you know, when you when you apply a lot of eyeliner on a daily basis, you tend to notice other people's eyeliners, including if they are a uh, felt pig. Yes. Yeah. Sure. Well, there you go. So um, then, 
Yeah, so Miss Piggy is getting married to Kermit. It actually just happened. They're married now. It's mm-hmm. it's done. So uh, we pick up then with this chapel full of Muppets cheering. Uh, doves are flying around. Uh, our previous guest, uh, Tim DeHaas, who worked as a puppeteer on this movie, told oh, us wow. that, yeah, that the puppeteers were required to wrangle the doves, which seemed probably like, it, it, like I don't know, it, it doesn't seem fair. That's an amazing fact. That yeah, after, that doesn't seem like that's part of their credentials as puppeteers. Yeah. After every take, no. the puppeteers had to gather up the doves and put them back where they're supposed to go. Oh, no. Um, he had also mentioned that there was a dove uh, that lands on one of the rats. And... Isn't it Yolanda? Yes. I had never noticed that before either, but watching it this time, I was able to see it. Uh, yeah, same. Yeah, all the rats are, you know, all the all the Muppets are jumping up and down. They're so excited, and there's a dove just perched on Yolanda's nose, and it just stays there while she hops up and down. So, that's <laughs> that's funny. It is, awesome. yeah. Especially because the dove is as big or possibly bigger than Yolanda. Right. Yeah. Uh, there are also uh, some hats flying in the air, as if uh, people are tossing their hats. Although I didn't, I don't think there were very many Muppets wearing hats in this scene. Yeah, before. that's so. that's a good point. Yeah, I don't think, from my memory of the whole wedding sequence, no one's wearing a hat. Well, I mean, right. like like Zoot, yeah. like Zoot and Doctor Teeth and characters who always wear a hat. Are, yeah, are I think most of them are coming from the but other those are not side the hats. of the aisle. Yeah, those are not the hats we see flying, though. Right. Yeah, and I think they, at least, I think you see Dr. Teeth in this segment, like, when when Scooter and Fozzie are hugging, and I think he still has his hat on. Yeah, he's still wearing his hat. Yeah. I don't know where all those hats are coming from. Maybe they just brought the hats specifically to throw them in the air. Some weddings they throw rice, some they throw birdseed. At at a Muppet wedding, you throw hats for some reason. throw it, yeah. Well, and also, I mean, you're going to mention this, I'm sure, but we also get penguins flipping in the air. Yes. Which Um, makes me so happy. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Yeah, we'll we'll get to that in a second. I also just wanted to mention, again, we talked about this previously, but I just love sort of picking out all the different obscure Muppets who are present at this wedding in the chapel. Um, I noticed a few Kuzbanians uh, from the Muppet show. I'm glad they got an invite Uncle Dudley is there. He's sitting behind the pigs. We really, we almost never saw Uncle Dudley after the Muppet Show, and he only made a few appearances on the Muppet Show. So, uh, yeah, I I didn't, I didn't clock Uncle Dudley. That's good. It's a good cameo. He's there. Um, Yeah, yeah. It's just, uh, and I guess, were there any other characters that you noticed? Well, we, I mean, all mine we talked about last week. Yeah. I definitely noticed the Kuzbanians, but otherwise, like, Pretty much all kind of like the prevalent Muppets were up front, and I felt like all the the more rare cameos were kind of pushed back further, and I couldn't really pick anybody out. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah, just a lot of the, the creatures and monsters and whatnots mm-hmm. from the Muppet and, show. And Fraggle Singular, of course. Traveling Matt. Love to see that guy. Yeah, yeah. Yes. It's, I, I, it's, yeah. It's very cool that Traveling Matt is there. Um, um, can, can, can I just say that in general... I love that this is the last time we see most of these characters in a Jim Henson era movie is that they're just like all celebrating and yelling and, and like screaming for joy and flipping around. Yeah, there is. I mean, yeah, there's just this weird uh, sort of like unintentional, almost like this is this, this, I don't know. I don't want to say series finale of the Muppets, but 
It almost kind of feels like that. It kind of, well, well, and, and like all three movies, you know, really have like joyous ending. I mean, you yes. know, the, the, the Muppet movie has this very plaintive ending, right? With right. life's like a movie and all that. But then it also cuts back to the theater where the same thing is basically chaos and comedy. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then Muppet Keeper, I mean, that's very silly. They're all in parachutes saying, yeah. and me, you know, yes. like, like all three of them end with this, like, hey, here's everyone. Here's every Muppet you've ever seen. Yeah. You, you, you know? Yeah. But even just <clears throat> knowing, like, Jim Henson would work on other projects with these characters for the next six years that he was around. But um, it does sort of feel like he's kind of taking a step away or step, like, just because he was so interested in working on other things. Because <clears throat> he's working on Labyrinth by this point and probably had a foot in the storyteller by this point and the Jim Henson hour was around the corner. So Yeah, that's a good point. I never thought of that, like how he was like definitely transitioning into other work and so maybe the ending of this movie being so joyous and maybe even perhaps like the the marriage of Piggy and Kermit like had something to do with that where he was kind of trying to put a pause on these films and kind of tie them up neatly with like a little bow. Yeah, yeah. At, yeah, at least for now. Yeah, like maybe it's a sure with like maybe the intention. Of, you know, if it had worked out a different way, unfortunately, like right. where he would eventually return to to make more. Right. Um, who knows? Yeah. And like here you go, fans. Here's a, a really happy thing. Kermit and Piggy, you love them. They're getting married. So yeah. Right, but you know who is not happy? Link, who <laughs> uh, some because we, we see another pig yell, they got married, and then Link starts to cry. Yeah, which suggests to me that like Link, you know, as pompous and idiotic as he is, assumed until that moment that he and Piggy would end up together. Someday. Oh, see, I thought he was crying tears of joy. Me too. That's how I oh, read it. Know? Yeah, that's more generous. That's more generous. I'm, mean, you know, just uh, how in so many of those uh, in so many of those pigs in space sketches, he's always just like, first meet Piggy. I'm a handsome man, and you're a lady." <laughs> That's true. I mean, your your theory makes him a lot more complex than mine. <laughs> well, I guess I was thinking of, and this, yeah, this absolutely requires people to be as familiar with Link as we are, which I don't know if the average theater goer necessarily was in 1984, but <laughs> I was thinking that it was like Link, this sort of macho, tough guy, and when he goes to a wedding, he just can't stop crying. Like, oh, sure. That's true, yeah. too, yeah. He has a sensitive side. Which which they did that kind of joke with him a lot on the Muppet Show. Yeah, like you know, cute 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 things make him go ah. Yes, yes. So I don't know. Yeah, any let us know, uh, listeners, which which uh, version you think is is the truth. Um. Yes, yeah, so the pig who shouts, uh, "They got married." I was I played that a couple times. It sounds like Dave Goals performing that, but I, I could also hear it as Steve Whitmire. Do you have any thoughts? I thought it was I, Dave, I, but I thought Dave yeah, too. sometimes it's a little tricky to tell. Okay, there are they have a little bit of overlap with their the tone of their voices. Yeah, it was it was a little Beauregard ish to me. I felt. I, it is, yes, yes. It was like it was like that Beauregard Wendell Porcupine voice, right? So you don't think mm-hmm. it's a little bit? Uh, you think it's more uh, Beauregard and uh, Wendell than say Waldo? Oh yeah, no, I guess it could be like Waldo or, or like or like yeah, or like Merlin Fraggle is 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 down there. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. Eh, It's probably Dave. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So, um, oh, I also wanted to mention um, 
If you are interested in how the filmmakers planned out this scene with all these Muppets sitting in the pews, there's a model at the Museum of the Moving Image in Queens, New York, in their permanent Jim Henson gallery, uh, which is like a miniature version of the chapel with little uh, PVC toys of some of the figures and then like paper cutouts of some of them, just kind of sort of like a seating chart and I guess how they're going to put enough space for all the puppeteers to be there. So that's a cool little thing that you can find at that museum or find pictures of it online if you can't make it to the museum. Um, so yeah, uh, when it cuts to the pews where the main characters are sitting, everyone's jumping down. Um, it's who's hugging whom here. It's Ralph and Fozzie hugging. It's it's Ralph and Fozzie first and then Scooter and Fozzie, I believe. Right. Does it cut back or do they, do they? I thought it was like, we we see Scooter like going in for the hug as it cuts away. I thought maybe I, maybe I was misreading it. Uh, I wrote Ralph and Fozzie. And then I think Scooter is just like celebrating close by but yeah, i don't know if he's going in right, for a hug right. yeah okay yeah yeah it looks but, like but what I was an say- animal might be like cheering with each other okay what what i was gonna say about ralph and fozzy though is i don't know if this is intentional or not but that's the second time in this movie that we've seen those two characters hug right oh, they yeah, hug during, saying, during saying goodbye and like obviously that's jim and frank you know yeah so so it feels very significant to me that that we see like Jim Henson's second most important character and Frank Oz's second most important character hug Aww. each other twice, yeah. like once in sadness and once in joy. In, Aww, in this movie, that's that's know? so sweet. Yeah. Yeah. It never it, occurred it is, to me. Right? Never occurred to me before today, but I love it. No, correct. Me same. Yeah. Me same. Me I don't know why same. I'm Cookie Monster. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone should watch these movies two minutes at a time, though. I really do recommend it. You you, you just notice so many things. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we've established that we are way past the point now where Manhattan Melodies is no longer like it it cannot possibly be a Broadway show on stage in front of an audience. But another thing I noticed for the first time is that we do have all the members of the band sitting in this chapel. So, like, where who's playing the music? Who's been playing the music for the last five minutes? Yeah, they were in the orchestra pit. Yeah, they're not. Yeah. What's up with that? Um, then yes, Anthony mentioned this earlier. We see the penguin choir from a minute ago. Uh, some of the penguins are so happy that they're flipping in the air. We always love a good penguin throw. There is in fact a page on Muppet wiki, the greatest informational resource on the internet, uh, called throwing penguins. I believe this page was started by our friend Shane. Nice. Um, it lists a few other. There's some Muppet Show numbers, uh, the Heat Wave number, and the Muppets Go to the Movies, which we did a special episode about. Um, it's it's funny. Like only two of these actually take place in cold environments where you might <laughs> expect to see penguins, but um, it doesn't matter. All that really matters is that that they're throwing penguins at the end of musical numbers and stuff. <laughs> it must just be so oh. fun to be a Muppet performer and just throw a penguin Muppet up in the air and just watch like, how high can it go? Like, yeah. Can I hit the right. lights up yeah. there? Can I? Yeah. <laughs> uh, also funny because penguins actually can't fly. And they can't yeah. fly in Muppet stuff either. They just flip up and they're fall just back down. jumping. Just really, yeah. Jump really high. They're just acrobats. Yeah. Uh, it cuts back to Kermit and piggy. Kermit kind of looks like he's surprised at 
at how happy everyone is. Like he had no idea that everyone had so much invested in his relationship. Well, keep in mind that he just got his memory back like five minutes. Oh, that's ago. true. Yes. So yeah, he's dealing, he's had a hard hard day, or not hard day, but just like a long day of a lot of stuff happening. Right. That's true. Just yeah. a few hours ago, he was giving a presentation about Ocean Breeze soap. <laughs> And he got his memory back, and then he got on Broadway, and then he got married. Yeah, right, yeah, right. that's a really good point. Uh, and then uh, he, so he's about to sing the last line of the movie, but before he does, he gives this little shrug, like, uh, "Okay, I guess, I guess it's okay that I just married Piggy." <laughs> well, and Piggy kind of like gasps when Kermit kisses her on the cheek. Yes, kind of goes, <gasps> yeah, like, which she- is wild because they just got married. Like, right. she should not be that surprised. Yeah, this is not. This is not like a backstage plot on The Muppet Show. Right. That's the thing about their relationship sort of existing in different different permutations and realities where, yes, on The Muppet Show, we would expect her to be surprised if Kermit voluntarily kissed her on the cheek. But if they've been dating in college and made plans to get married, then, yeah, it shouldn't be that surprising. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so then he sings the last the last line of the movie. What better way could anything end? Hand in hand with a friend, they sort of freeze and pose for the camera. Everything around them fades to black. They end up in this crescent moon. Uh, they which sort of then like floats to the upper corner of the screen. Um, Piggy, uh, I'm not sure how quite how to describe this. Piggy turns her back to us and obscures Kermit for a second. So, you know, that there's some more kissing going on there. Yeah. Which uh, I think is very sweet that, yes. that it's private, you know? Yes. And also that it's like, and just that, just that we know that Kermit is, is on board with it. It's nice because again, on right. the Muppet show, it's, we, we wouldn't necessarily be sure, but yeah. Uh, and the letters on the screen spell at the end, which I, I love it when movies say the end. At the end. It seems like mm-hmm. an old-fashioned thing sure. now, because it doesn't really happen much anymore. Yeah, I was thinking how you don't really see that in films these days. Yeah. Uh, I checked back, and the Muppet movie has it. It does say the end right at the end of the Rainbow Connection reprise before Sweetums tears through the screen. But uh, Great Muppet Caper does so, not so have not the, end. the end. Oh, I thought that it did. Okay. okay. I mean, I thought, I, looked, had, I, I thought it had the end at, at the end, like after the credits were over. But no, after well, I, I watched gone. the last like the last three minutes of it, unless it came before okay, that. When there you go, I didn't double check. So yeah, if if anyone uh, can can prove me wrong, please do. But um, I'm a little disappointed that <laughs> the Great Muppet Caper doesn't have the end at the end. But <laughs> I I can't wait to see if uh, Muppet Christmas Carol has it. I think it probably does. Yeah, if, but if, we'll if, see. It feels like it does. Yeah. Yeah, I I think it does, but it uh, who knows? You'll find out. You'll find out the next time you you start a new podcast. We'll find out a year from now. Yes. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Anything else on this? Uh, the, the moon or the kissing or the end? Not really. It's a nice sweet ending. They they go up into the moon and they have a moment of of smooching, and then it's done. Yeah, that's it. And then it's over. Yeah. Um, another thing. They, took another, it. they did take it. They successfully took Manhattan. <laughs> another thing uh, Tim DeHaas mentioned when he was here a few weeks ago was that there was a plan at some point for the movie to end with a shot where Kermit and Piggy would drive away in a convertible that would then fly away. 
So the but, grease ending. Yes, exactly. But his yeah, yeah, thought yeah. was that they were run, like they didn't have the budget for it ultimately. So this ending does seem a little bit sudden. Like I, I guess there's there's nothing else to do. I've right. maybe if this movie came out now, you would have some sort of little epilogue where I don't know. The, the reviews are in for for Manhattan Melodies, and everyone loves it. But it's a hit. Kermit and Piggy's marriage is a hit. Yeah, but I guess all you really need is they got. Married, especially because, as we've been well, saying, it's not just the ending of this movie, it's the ending of eight years of Muppet history. Right, but Ryan, let me ask you a question. Yeah. What better way could anything end? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Excellent That's point, all. because what else could can you possibly uh-huh. add after that? Right. Right. Um, let's see. So, yes, this now brings us into the credits portion of the film. Um, the camera so, moves down to the shot of the skyline. I have so many thoughts about the Muppet performer credits in this movie. Oh, just, okay. Just well, before you I, I wanted to, to say, though, that we see the last thing we see is Kermit and Peggy on the moon, and then it sort of tilts down to the Manhattan skyline. So, pre- so pre- presumably, Kermit and Peggy are on the actual moon, just suspended over New York City. I don't know how they're going to get down from there. It's their honeymoon. <laughs> Oh. Ah. Okay. Of there we go. It is. There it is. Well, <laughs> so yes, the credits. Uh first we have the Muppet performers. I don't have a lot of specific notes here. It's nice to see them all uh credited individually for all their multiple characters. Um the ones that are spotlighted first are Jim Henson, Frank Oz, Dave Goldstein, Whitmire, Richard Hunt. Jerry Nelson. I was going to ask, is this the first time that Steve was top-billed with all the other core Muppeteers, or did he get top-billed for for Great Muppet Caper? I couldn't remember. No, I I think this must be the first. Let me actually, you know what? Let me go back and check my notes for for Caper. Yeah, I want to say he Um, was like in the second tier for Caper. Yeah, because, I mean, Rizzo has a line, and Lips has a line. Yeah. But I can't imagine that he... Let's see. Lips does have a line. He says, ding, ding. (laughs) That's right. There you go. All right. Minutes 95 and 96. Steve Whitmire is credited as Rizzo and Lips. I I put in my notes for Caper. Steve Whitmire is credited as Rizzo and Lips, which is nice. Okay. So he's credited alongside the other guys as their multiple characters. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Well, I guess by that time he had kind of proved himself on the Muppet show. So. Yeah, he had been around. Right. I just want, I, he, I mean, he's billed over, um, over Richard and Jerry in this one, which he does have oh, a lot yeah. to do with Rizzo. Um, right. So Rizzo's it, in it a ton. Yeah. 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 Well, it makes did, a fair amount of sense. I did hear from a listener, uh, that, um, Jerry Nelson actually didn't work a lot of days on this film that he, he wasn't. So maybe he just wasn't as present as some of the other guys. That might have something to do with it. Right. So what I was going to say was, so Jim Henson is credited as Kermit, Rolf, Dr. Teeth, the Swedish chef, and Waldorf. Frank Oz is credited as Piggy, Fozzie, and Animal. Jerry as Camilla, New Zealand, and Floyd. The reason I find this noteworthy is that between the three of them, there are then seven characters who have speaking parts that they're not credited as. Right? Oh. Ernie. So Ernie and the newsman for Jim. Uh-huh. Bert, Cookie Monster, and Sam the Eagle for Frank. And Pops and Crazy Harry for Jerry. Now, like the Sesame Street ones, I can see why maybe those aren't listed. Right. But those seven characters all have a single line in Somebody's Getting Married. Yeah. 
And so I don't know if it was just like a decision was made that it's like, oh, they all a bunch of characters are in this one song. Who cares? Not important. But it is wild to me that there are seven characters who like definitely get a featured moment in this movie and aren't listed among the among the characters that their performers play. Right. And when you consider that the like the rats are mostly credited or all credited the rats are all credited yeah yeah and it's not like they're like they all have a huge presence in the movie so that is interesting right yeah um the the other thing i wanted to say speaking of the rats is the rats are listed like a proper name masterson rat chester rat yeah it says like yeah karen prell as yolanda rat both capitalized but the frogs are like kathy mullen as jill parentheses lowercase f frog that's true why is rat their last name and frog just like a parenthetical note after their proper name i don't know i noticed that too uh like someone made that decision you know right because they could have listed them as like bill the frog gil the frog jill the frog but then it seems like maybe they're related to kermit which they're not yeah Possibly. I was surprised that they, they had the frog note after their names because they all say their names quite a few times. And so it didn't feel necessary, but maybe because this was like the movie they got introed in, they they wanted to make it clear who the characters were. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's and it's especially weird, I think, on Dave Goals' credit, because like Dave Goals is credited as four characters in this movie, uh, Gonzo and Zoot. But like Bunsen doesn't say anything. Beauregard doesn't say anything, so he's not credited for either of those, but he is credited for Chester Rat, proper name, Bill, parentheses, Frog, in the <laughs> same credit. So, like, that seems especially odd to me. I don't know. You're right. Yeah. But, yeah. I'm glad you scrutinized these things. Yeah, this is this is what I'm telling you. I had a lot of thoughts about this. So now I wonder, on the on Muppet Wiki, is it, like, I feel like Jill, the, the page for Jill on the wiki is just called Jill, right? They didn't, uh, let's see. They didn't bother Jill, to call yeah. it Jill, parentheses, yeah. frog. Right. Have, have we talked about how Jill is a recurring character on this season of Muppet Babies, by the way? You know, I don't know if have we, we discussed have. discussed that on the podcast Because it happened pretty recently, didn't it? Yeah. But those episodes are on Disney Plus now, and oh, my great. kids have been watching them. And, um... She is like, there's a two part, like, you know, two stories in the same episode where she's like the main character in both of them. Oh, wow. Really? Yeah. And and the first one is that like, she wants to do everything by herself because she's slightly older than the babies and like thinks they're too (laughs) immature. And then the second one is that she pretends her ankle is more hurt than it is. So the babies will do things for her. So does she seem, and not like she has a like a lot of character here, but does she seem like she could reasonably be interpreted as the same character as she is in this movie. Yeah, I mean she's I mean she's much more business like. Yeah. I mean I think that's like I think that's what they're going for is that she like wants to fill out this sticker sheet and Piggy and Summer are like I'm doing this one, I'm doing this one and she's like mm, I can do the stickers by myself, babies. Uh. <laughs> is it just Jill and the Muppet babies or are the other two male Jill. frogs there? No, no sign of like it it definitely feels like they Wanted to add a new female character, didn't want, and they chose Jill. 
They chose Jill. Of oh, all yeah. of the, I mean, you know, I'm glad that they wanted to add another female character. I don't know if Jill would have been the first one to come to mind if I was asked, like, who should they add to the show? But you know, right. I oh, guess. No. I, you I, know, like, I literally power I, to I, them. I walk, yeah, I walked in the room and I was like, "Is that Jill?" And Iris is like, <laughs> "Yeah, she's doing stickers." You know. <laughs> She well, she's gonna grow up and meet Bill and Gil. That's when, true. When she Maybe she just work. hasn't hasn't met them yet. Yeah. Right when she goes right. to work for the agency. Yeah. Wow. That's uh, that is unexpected and great. I mean, it, the Muppet Babies uh, creators obviously are fans. Like there have been so many unexpected, obscure characters. Not. I mean, I guess some of them have been obscure, showing up and like pictures on the wall of obscure characters and. Right. Well, they they also did um, Sam the Eagle this season. Yeah. And the whole the whole point of that Sam story is that like he just wants to read his book and doesn't really want to play. And the the message is like if a kid just wants to play that like it wants to read doesn't want to play, that's fine. Leave him alone. Like like that's the lesson of that, that story. That sounds that like, great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's really solid. Yeah. And Sam's like the perfect vehicle for this. Yes. You know. It's great. Yeah. I love it. What's what book is he trying to read? Oh boy, I don't remember it. Something about I'm sorry, like the proper America. decorum or Robert's Rules of Order. Yeah. Or... yeah, it's like it's like something cultural. Yeah, yeah, or something patriotic. He's, he's reading the Constitution, right. right? But they they got him in his little sweater vest. Anyways, it's adorable. <laughs> yeah. Anything else about the Muppet performer credits that we just saw before I move on? Um, I noticed Melissa Whitmire was credited as a puppeteer, which I don't think that I n- knew she did work with them. Yeah, she'll um, actually we we can get to her in a minute. Okay, I have things in the order in which they showed up on the screen here. Um, the next thing is six cameo guest stars, and I noticed that uh, three of them have last names starting with the letter C. Oh yeah, mildly interesting. Uh, what are you going to do with that? I have no idea. Uh, then, for some reason, three more celebrities are listed as surprise cameos. Yeah, I noticed that. <laughs> yeah, I wonder, like, and, and those three do have, like, much shorter appearances. You know, it's it's Brooke Shields, Eliza Minnelli, and uh, Elliot Gould, uh, who all, like, have, I mean, like, the total number of words spoken by them is, like, less than 20, right? Like, I mean, Elliot yeah. Gould just says, nah, nah. you know? Right. Is it yeah. possible that, like, in doing the promotions for Muppets Take Manhattan back in the day, like, they they were like, come see this movie. It's got all these cameos. But then they didn't mention Liza Minnelli and Brooke Shields and, and the other cameo because those they were a surprise. I don't know. That was like. Oh. Yeah, that's, that's possible. Yeah. Maybe. That's the only thing I could, like, f- figure why they would be surprise right. cameos well, and not just normal yeah. cameos. Yeah. Well, like right. with the Muppet movie, the, there's the a, a version. Like, yeah, exactly. There's a version of the Muppet movie poster that has all those the cameo celebrities on it. Cameo so. guest stars on it. Yeah. Yeah. A maybe for this one, they but they push some of them, but not. They, they make they kept the rest of them a surprise. Right. Well, and then the I guess you were going to talk about the with. Yes, that's next. Cameos, with which, which, which are people that I think the audience is not expected to recognize, right? Like that's well, I that's, I, that's I guess with cameos. I guess most people in the audience, Ryan, most people don't live in your town. People don't care about the mayor of your town if they don't live there. I, I mean, New York City is is New York. So it, it, it's if anyone if they're going to recognize the mayor of any city, it's going to be Ed Koch, the mayor of New York City. <laughs> right, that, right. Of course, I know. But, um, yeah, I guess, well, so uh, Francis Bergen, we talked about 
how she, the fact that she was uh, Edgar Bergen's wife and Candace Bergen's mother. <clears throat> I actually didn't realize when we recorded that episode that she was also a model and an actor in her own right. So I guess mm. there were probably some people in the audience who, who oh. did recognize her or who knew her from her own career. Right. Um, sure. So ap- apologies to, to Ms. Bergen. The yes, late Ms. Yes. Bergen that we, and uh, yeah, then so that, the other that, ones that we just talked about are somebody's wife, right, and mother, <laughs> and so the other ones are John Landis and Vincent Sardi, and I guess yeah, I, I I don't think people knew what Vincent Sardi looked like, and probably they didn't know what John Landis looked like. So, right. and I, I I think I said this back when she showed up, but it, it I know that there's no reason why. Cheryl McFadden or Gates McFadden would be listed among the cameos in this movie, but it still seems weird to me that she isn't a cameo. Cause like it's Dr. Crusher, man. Yeah. yeah. A few years later, she would have been. Yeah. Uh, so yes, then we have the and Muppet performers. It is interesting that these are separated from the initial crop of Muppet performers. Um, I think we talked to, we've talked about all of these people in previous seasons. Anthony, does that sound right? We talked about Glengo King before. Oh, well, then that's another, that's, that's yet another set of credits, which is oh, additional, is. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> additional wait, Muppet wait, so performers. What, so what, what was the first one? Uh, well, the, oh, this the is first like one, Prell and, and Kathy Mullen. Yeah, yeah. The first one of all. Oh, and you know okay. who we skipped over is featuring Right after the Muppet performers is featuring, and it's the three human stars of the movie, Julianne and Donald, Bonnie Price, and Louis Storage. So don't want to forget them. Um, Yeah, I'm just double checking now to make sure I'm not getting anything wrong. Uh, Surprise cameos, and then with, and then, and Muppet performers. So yes, that's when we have Catherine Mullen, Karen Prell, Brian Meal, Bruce Edward Hall. And then after that is additional Muppet performers. Right. Okay. So I, I skipped ahead. Well, I mean, it's, I don't um, know why they're, they're credited all these different ways. I guess this is sort of the newer, the, the newer, younger crew of, of performers who are just kind of getting started. Right. And we see our, we, we see our former guest, Tim DeHaas listed there. Yes, he is one of them. Uh, so we have James J. Krupa. He has worked right. on who, various. Well, just, he's the, he's like the, the utility player on Bear in the Big Blue House. Right. He played a ton of the guest characters and right hands and all that stuff. He's 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 the person in the closing credits of Bear in the Big Blue House who wasn't any of the main characters. Right, but he's that's he's, what that's what I always think of him as. You he's know? probably in every episode or most episodes. Correct, yeah. Yeah. Um he also worked on Little Muppet Monsters, Bear in the Big Blue House. Oh wait, you just said that. <laughs> I did. Well, Beale's World of Dr. Seuss, uh Muppets from Space, Letters to Santa. And various Sesame Street projects. He's also a puppet builder. He rebuilt Carol Spenny's character Pickle Puss for the Jim Henson play along video. Wow, you're a cartoonist, um, <laughs> I, Anthony. I think you and I watched that together many years ago. Is that true? We did. Yes, yes. correct. It was. <laughs> um, it was. I'll, I'll tell you what. It's a trip. I don't know that I. Yeah. What is the word? Well, but it's something. It is fascinating to see a different Carol Spinney character. And yeah. Picklepuss is this cat who is carried around by a larger cat character named Pop. And they're both performed <laughs> by Carol Spinney. So it's a pretty cool 
uh, concept. Um, I have never heard of Pickle Puss before. <laughs> well, Pickle Puss and Pop were, were Carol Spenny's characters, like before he joined up with the Muppets. Like the oh. he played him on like some local some local bozo show, right? He might, in, yeah, I think Boston? he probably did him on bozo. Yeah, maybe um, maybe they got mentioned in the documentary about him. Then and I'm just blanking. Maybe, yeah, I, I yeah. think they do. Yeah, but yeah, it's not. They're not exactly you know Big Bird and Oscar. So, no, no, yeah, they're not, but, they're, but not, Jim, they're, they're not even Bruno the Trash Man, although they do use that same. It is that's it's the same it's, gimmick, it's like yeah. that same Bruno that's carrying true, Oscar yeah. around. Format. Yeah, so Jim Krupa built that uh, the the new pickle puss and pop. Um, he also rebuilt Thog for the 2011 uh, movie The Muppets. Ooh, cool. Yes, and as the story goes, he did not have uh, the specs, or or nobody had the specs for the original. Thog, so he ended up building him larger than than the original, which mm. is kind of crazy. Um, and he also uh, performed and built puppets for Eureka's Castle, which was a delightful uh, Nick Jr. show back. In the nice, day. I oh, loved right, that show when I was right. a kid. Because he's he's Batley, isn't he? He is Batley. Yes. Yeah. Yes, and uh, yeah, we have we have a VHS tape of Wide Awake at Eureka's Castle, and my kids have seen that multiple times, nice. and no other episode of that show. Ever, so. <laughs> Uh, you should go on eBay and find some other VHS tapes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And if my sister and former podcast guest, Aaron is listening, she was a big, uh, Eureka's Castle fan. So I'm sure she'll be happy to hear us mention that. Uh, the next one is David Redman. Yeah. Yeah. We have not talked about this guy on this podcast yet because he has not been working for the Muppets on these previous movies, but here he is. And now, so let me, let me say, first of all, that I think David Redman is, Super talented. I he was very nice to me when I met him. Um, but and I love Don Quixote. My kids watch it all the time. Great show. Oh yeah. Uh, but he plays Baby Bear and many other characters who sound like Baby Bear. That's all. <laughs> um, That's all there is to say about him. Well, there is a certain yeah. I mean, yeah, so he, he's co- he's Cookie voice. Monster right now, isn't he? Yeah. That's true. I think he's. he's... <laughs> His Cookie Monster is pretty good. Uh, cookie Monster is amazing. Anthony yeah, is overlooking yeah. the fact that David Redman has played Cookie Monster for twenty years. For twenty years, and he's incredible at it. Yeah, he is. No, so it's right. one of the best recasts for sure. Yes. Yeah, um, I'm. I'm being unnecessarily flippant. <laughs> he's been with the Muppets since the early '80s. Uh, his other credits include Little Muppet Monsters, also Labyrinth, Tale of the Bunny Picnic, The Jim Henson Hour, The Ghost of Fafner Hall, Dinosaurs, and the Dog City TV Show. And yes, he's played a ton of other characters on Sesame Street. Um, he also took over one of the heads of the two-headed monster. Uh, he was he's the the head that was Richard Hunt, and he also took over uh, Sully, the construction worker. Oh, cool. Um, who does not speak, so <laughs> that was a pretty seamless recast. Mm-hmm. And, of course, he's been playing Janice and Scooter uh, for the Muppets since 2008. Uh, since 2008. And, as everyone knows, he was Bobut, the baby who is uh, destined to one day rule the entire universe on the short-lived Henson sitcom Aliens in the Family. <laughs> everyone remembers Bobut's catchphrase, I require pudding... If it's so. <laughs> yeah. So moving on. The next puppeteer credited is Melissa Whitmire. She is Steve Whitmire's wife and also his manager. As a puppeteer, uh, her other credits on Muppet Wiki are Dream Child, The Muppets at Walt Disney World, and Kermit's Swamp Years. And she was Kathy Mullen's assistant on Kira in The Dark Crystal. Oh, cool. And uh, Steve Whitmire has also 
uh, mentioned in interviews that Melissa used to make clothes for Rizzo on The Muppet Show. So that's wow. cool. Yeah. I, I did not good. know that she did so much stuff like related to The Muppets. That's awesome. Yeah, I just think he would have been uh, walking around naked in this it's very true. Uh, the next is Michael Earl Davis. I believe we talked about him um, a little bit in The Great Muppet Caper. He was doing a lot of Sesame Street work around this time. He was the original performer of Forgetful Jones and the second performer of Mr. Snuffleupagus. Uh, so, yeah, then next is Glengo King. I did not recognize this name at all. This seems to be his only Henson credit. So... I don't know. I'd be curious to learn more about him. Um, so I did a little research. Oh, good. Um, he has spent like several decades with a puppet troupe called the Brewery Puppet Troupe, um, an all-black yeah. group of puppeteers based in New York City. Okay. Uh, oh, cool. Started by a guy named yeah, yeah. Started by a guy named Brad Brewer. Um, they one of the things that they do is they do like a quartet of like a like a singing group called the Crotations which are crows and uh, Glenn go King plays one of them, a guy named sweet Eddie. Okay. And uh, also in 1999, they did a show at the Smithsonian about Lewis Latimer, the uh, black Edison employee who actually invented the filament that made light bulbs affordable. Like oh. we, we, we like, we like to say that Thomas Edison invented light bulbs, but Lewis Latimer made light bulbs possible like in every home. Wow, and they and, did a puppet uh, show about him? Brewery Puppet Troop, including Glengo King, did a puppet show about it at the Smithsonian in 1999. That is and very cool. That that Lewis Latimer puppet is in the collection still. Oh, nice. At the at the American History Museum. Yeah. That's really cool. I'm I'm glad you did. Yeah, yeah I mean it, it does mention his his uh, that puppet troop on Muppet Wiki, but like there's yeah, there's really not much else there about him. So I'm glad you glad you did the extra research. Uh, next is Tim DeHaas. He was a guest on this podcast, so you can listen to his episode to hear about his experiences on this film. Uh, next is Cheryl Bartholo, another name I didn't recognize. She also doesn't seem to have any other Henson credits. Uh, Anthony, did you find yeah, anything else? No, I looked. Um, there is like, there's like some some website called Argyle Design that has like a museum director named Cheryl Botholo who talks oh. about like doing children's museum work. And I don't, I cannot determine that this is the same person. Okay. But that was the only, that was the only Cheryl Botholo I could find out there. We should try to so, track these people down and see if they want to talk about working on this movie. <laughs> right. I'm sure they all have stories about it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it, the Muppet Wiki article for her did note that in the early seventies, she published a newsletter called The Puppet Post, which only lasted two issues. So, Aww. too bad about that. Yeah. Uh, then the, the final credit here for additional Muppet performers, he gets the and, which is usually like a special thing or a, like kind of a, an honorary thing to be the and. It's and Martin P. Robinson. Well, yeah. th that makes sense, though, because he's already snuffy and telly. When this movie comes out, uh, in '84, he's both of them. I guess that's right. Uh, or is may, that? I think I. I feel like that's around the time he took over Telly, but he's definitely Snuffy, right? Didn't he take over Snuffy in like 1980? Uh, you know, we probably should have uh, <laughs> looked this up before. Yeah. But I like I like how we're all just like, wait, we know him. Um, yeah, 
So it says 1981 is when he started on Sesame Street. Yeah. Bubba Wiki says that. Okay. And he took over Snuffy that same year. Oh, really? Oh, so, so Michael Earl Davis is working on this movie after having lost his gig as Snuffy. Let's see. Martin P. Robinson, uh, Telly, 1984 through present. So he was probably just about to take over. Okay. So, yeah, I guess about he was kind over. of up and coming in the company. So that was that was worthy yeah. of an and credit. Uh, yeah. yeah, so he's also played many, many, many other characters on Sesame Street, uh, including Slimy and Buster the Horse, uh, and Oscar's niece, Irvine. I'm not sure I knew that until I looked him up on the wiki. And Old, old MacDonald, because I love his Old yeah. MacDonald voice. I think it's one of the funniest Sesame Street character voices. Yeah, I, it's I just love that this, they like, established a regular performer to play Old MacDonald when he shows up on Sesame <laughs> right? Street. Yeah, well, and and we should say like he's been on that show now for forty years. Like, yeah, he's 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 one of the longest running puppeteers on the show. Certainly, the longest running active puppeteer now. Right. Yeah, and just show. and like, right, by, and a constant many, presence. Yeah, a constant yeah. presence on him. Yeah. Like, he's always been around for for all of those years. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, he was also on the Webbyless World of Doctor Seuss, uh, the Dog City TV show. He worked on Letters to Santa also. Um, another non-Muppet thing he did that was very cool, he designed, built, and performed Audrey 2 for the yes. original production of Little Shop of Horrors and the 2003 Broadway revival. I am so well aware. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah. That's... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I saw the 2003 when it toured the country, so I guess I saw I guess I saw uh, that cool puppet that he built, too. So It's awesome. Wasn't he? Didn't he also have a human cameo in in this movie, like in the crowd scene at the very beginning? Wasn't it him and Steve? Uh, yeah, I think he has one of yes. the. Yeah, I think they're in the crowd when they're first performing their show when they're still in college. I'm pretty yes, sure. I think that's right. Um, yes, I'm trying to think. Is there? There's a Muppet. Sig- is there a Muppet segment? No, is a performer cameos page on the wiki? There is. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to look for it right now too. Okay. Martin P. Robinson cameos. He has his own page. Okay. Nice. Matt, take Manhattan. He's in the audience at Manhattan Melodies with Steve Whitmire. Yep. All right. Called it. Not at college. Yes. Nope. Yeah, at Manhattan Melodies. Well, they're both Manhattan Melodies. Right. What did I say? Yeah, college, it's called Manhattan Melodies. They say that? Don't they? Yeah, I guess Doesn't, so. Isn't I guess that what so, it says yeah. on the sign? I don't know. That's another it thing that we does. should know. <laughs> After all this time, I don't. I'm. I'm. Ryan, we've been talking about this movie for so long. So long. So <laughs> long. Well, the next thing is just the, the crew credits. We don't need to talk about everyone else who's credited here. Um, it, it is interesting. I have a couple of things, if that's okay. Uh, yes. It is, I was just going to say it's inter- interesting to kind of glance at some of these people's uh, filmographies and see what else they've worked on. Right. So, well, one th- one thing that. I think explains something we've been wondering about through this entire movie is the uh, casting is by Howard Fear and Jeremy Ritzler. So I was looking up their credit and they worked on Broadway together as a casting team for years and years. Like they cast the original production of Noises Off, 42nd Street, O Calcutta, a bunch of stuff. Um, But that might explain why there are so many of the, like of the small parts in this movie are people who primarily worked on stage. Uh, you know, like yes. so many of the of the minor characters, we've said like, oh, this is, they only had a couple of screen credits. The fact that those guys cast this movie could very easily explain that. You yeah. know? Cool. It's like, oh, they, they know this guy from whatever production. Right. Yeah, yeah. they were just New York stage people, which actually is really fitting for this movie. So, mm-hmm. 
that right. makes a lot of sense. Uh, I wanted to mention uh, costume design is by Karen Rostin, Callista Hendrickson, and Polly Smith. I'm going to assume that Karen Rostin mostly did the human costumes because uh, the other two are people that we know have worked with the Muppets for many years. Um, right. She doesn't have a lot of other credits on IMDb either, uh, but she does. She did work on 107 episodes of Saturday Night Live. Wow. And a handful of comedy oh, wow. specials. And two episodes of the sitcom Hi Honey, I'm Home. Did either of you ever see that? No. Yeah, can't that's, say the, I have. that's that's the thing with the like they're like an old sitcom family that gets relocated to the like old sitcom retirement community, right? Well, and no, like, they're they're transported to modern like modern reality of the nineties. Right, but then like Gail Gordon and Barbara Eden and all those people show up as themselves. As themselves, the yeah. 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 So, so that's why I misremembered it as being like Yeah, no, it was full of guest stars that people who were like watching Nickelodeon or Nick and Knight at the time would have left. But um right, yeah. yes, I was very excited about that show at the time. I was a kid, but I was watching a lot of Nick at Night, so I was very into that. And Karen Rawson made the costumes for those two episodes. Um we go. have talked about Calista Hendrickson before, and then Polly Smith, I this is one of her earlier uh, credits, I guess, but I know we're gonna see her name pop up in future movies as well. And I think she's still doing some work for the Henson Company, so um, I noticed choreographer Chris Chadman, who once again has very few IMDb credits, but one of them well, is a special Sesame Street Christmas, which is well. So Chris Chadman was Bob Fosse's assistant on oh. um, Chicago and Pippin. Oh, and then became a, like a Broadway choreographer in his own right. He um, was Tony nominated for the 1992 revival of Guys and Dolls for the choreography. And huh. he also um, starred in a revival of Pal Joey in the early 80s Whoa. in, in oh, like, wow. Frank Sinatra role. Um, yeah. So he and he actually, uh, sadly, he died of AIDS related complications in 1995, mm. but had like a very interesting career before that. So yeah. it's kind of cool that, that that career included choreographing <laughs> Muppets Take Manhattan. Well, yeah, and a special Sesame Street Christmas, which is the and weird Sesame Street Christmas, yeah, the weird special from the late seventies, where the only Muppets in it are Big Bird, Oscar, and Barkley, and uh, Ethel Merman tells Imogene Coca that she looks like an idiot, and uh, <laughs> Michael Jackson shows up to give Oscar a book about ghosts, and it's just a very strange and, uh, special. And does not sing. And and we should be clear, right. Michael Jackson does not sing a note. Right, right. Yeah. Isn't that special? Right. But there's, and there's really not much choreography in it that I can recall. Like when Ethel Merman shows up, she sings Tomorrow from Annie, but she just does it like standing there singing to the human right. characters. Yeah. Which was it, and which also was a new song. Like Annie's only a year old yeah. in 1978. It's that's not a, a movie yet. You that's know? so interesting to think. Yeah. Sometimes about songs that we assume have just kind of always been around, but yeah. Right. Well, and that's like on the Muppet Show when they did when they did those two songs from Chicago in the first season. Chicago's only like a year old, you know. They did yeah. Razzle Dazzle and Mr. Cellophane yeah. in the first season. They and Chicago came out in '75. <laughs> yeah, they weren't. Broadway I never classics. thought of that. Wow. Yeah. 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 The one that always gets me about that the song "New York, New York." That's from mm-hmm. when did that come out? Seventy-seven. So, so that's yeah. from the Martin Scorsese movie. That was written for that movie. Doesn't by, it seem by Candor and Ebb? Right. Doesn't it seem like it would be from the nineteen forties or fifties? Well, but 
but that musical takes place in the 40s. I guess that's and, part of it, yeah. Yeah, and Frank Sinatra covered it almost immediately. Like, his version comes out in 1980. Yeah. And so I then think, I think it feels like a song Sinatra's been singing for 40 right, years, right? Exactly. So, yeah. The, the fact that Sinatra did it makes it seem like, oh, right, it's that song that Sinatra did back in 1950-something. But <laughs> right, exactly. no, it's not. It's yeah. the song that Sinatra did in 1980-something. But yeah. yeah. So, uh, another, uh, the, the one that we see at the end of this clip is Muppet Design and Construction. There are several names here. We don't need to read all of them. Um, we can just say that all of these people are, uh, geniuses at what they do. I will single out, uh, Carolee Wilcox, who's, uh, the, the first name listed here. She, uh, just died this past year, but she was a very valuable part of the Muppet Workshop, uh, for a long time. Um, she was also an occasional performer and, uh, based on what I, what we saw on, a, a live video stream event from the museum of the moving image a year or two ago, she seemed like a really sweet person too. So just yeah. uh, shout out to Carolee Wilcox. And, uh, yes, the clip ends in the middle of, of that credit. Um, any other specific notes on any other specific credits? Um, the music for the credits was just starting to go into saying goodbye when when the clip cut off, and I got oh. very excited because I was like, "Oh, I love this song!" And then it ended before like any actual words started. Now, right. when you say you love the song, it's a very sad song. I do. It's sad, but it's it's a very sweet song. You know, it's for me. It's the song from this movie that I think sticks with me the most. Well, the the one where they're all babies is also like a jam. Uh, yeah. But I think, yeah. I think saying goodbye is the one that comes to mind the most when I think of this film. Nice. I feel like that's um, not the most obvious choice, but I like that. Um, any any other uh, thoughts on the, the clip or the credits or anything, Anthony? I don't. So, uh, Julia, as you know, uh, we like to ask our guests, do you remember the first time you saw this movie? What is your history with it? How would you rank it alongside the other Muppet movies, etc.? Oof, I forgot that you y'all asked this question. You know, um, we probably should have reminded you uh, up at the top. It's, it's so okay. You want to think about it. it. Keeps keeps me on my toes. Uh, the first time I watched it, you know, it's funny because I grew up with with the Muppet movie and Great Muppet Caper, and then obviously I was the right age of when you know Christmas Carol and and Muppet Treasure Island came out um, for consumption. But I don't think I saw Muppets Take Manhattan as a kid. For whatever reason, that wasn't the ones one of the ones we owned. I think I didn't see it till college quite honestly um it i think it was on netflix and it was around the time when i was really starting to get into muppets and i had never seen this one and it was one of the few that was available for free and so i watched it several times i That's remember exciting for um, this to be one of the ones that like right when you're getting into the muppets yeah well and especially like because I, I I think I had seen all the other muppet movies like at least once at that point and so it was cool to to discover one that I just had never seen before. So that's where I was at, I believe, when I first saw it. Um, and I remember thinking, uh, like, finding out that there was the sequence with all the baby Muppets in it. And I was like, oh, it's like the Muppet Babies, which I did watch as a child. So, sure. um, yeah, what were the, what, what's the other questions? How it ranks up against the other yeah. Muppet films? Yeah. Um, yes. it, it's probably in my top five. It's it doesn't for me quite hold up to the Muppet movie and Great Muppet Caper, probably because I did grow up with them as kids. Um, but it's I, I probably would put it 
it's probably it's still great Muppet Caper and the Muppet movie for me. And then controversially, I really love the 2011 Muppets. Um, <laughs> then probably Christmas Carol, and then this I would say is my order off the top of my head. All right. So it makes my top five. Yeah, that's yeah. that's, that's awesome. a decent top five. Yeah. So, all right, then if that's everything we have, then we can wrap things up for this week. Um, everyone, please make sure you check out toughpigs.com on the internet, Facebook, Twitter, and everywhere else. Our logo is by Morgan Davey. Our theme music is by Stacy Rosen. Uh, hey, we're also on Patreon. If you like what you hear here on the podcast if you like what you see on the website and the social media thingies you can support us at patreon.com slash tough pigs uh, you can also email us at moving right along at toughpigs.com. maybe you have uh some thoughts or something you want us to look out for when we watch uh, muppet christmas carol next season um, you can find me on Twitter at me, Ryan Rowe. I'm on Letterboxd if you want to see what I have to say about movies. I am Movies Are Neat. Anthony is on Letterboxd at Zeppo Marxist. And Julia, where can people find you and your work on the internet and uh, so on? Um, my handles for like Twitter and Instagram are at Geek Girl Grown Up. And then I write for Tough Pigs occasionally. And then I've got some poetry out in the world if you just google julia gaskill and poetry you'll probably find it pretty easily there's some muppet poems out there oh yeah hard yeah to find. good stuff yes everyone look that up uh and thank you for joining us yeah absolutely and listeners thank you also for joining us and if you don't mind please give us a positive review on apple Podcasts or wherever you can do that please tell your friends about the show and join us again next week because we have one more episode left in this season next week for another episode of Moving Right Along. They got married. (laughs) See you next week for more credits.